Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, everybody, it's Julie on Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today's episode is sponsored by The Secret Spice, a new picture book featuring magic carpets, secret spices, and the love between a father and son. This book is on sale now at Julie Naturally and on Amazon. So be sure to check that out. And I have to tell you that there is a special surprise inside, which is a QR code that gives you access to free bonus materials that help you expand on what you're learning in the book. So check that out, especially since it's the holidays. And we're talking about holiday plants and spices and things like that. So today in our holiday series, we're talking about holly. So sometimes people get holly and mistletoe confused a little bit. So holly has the red berries and mistletoe has the white berries. And they both have some similar tradition, as you'll discover today, but uh, that is one way to tell them apart. Also, um, holly, or Ilex aquifolium, that's the Latin name, holly, the, while it's also an evergreen, like mistletoe, and uh, it, but, but it, it's not a parasite like mistletoe, um, but it has waxy, thick uh, leaves that um, have a lot of prickly points on them. And the way that they're cut out kind of resembles an oak tree, except that, of course, it's not, it, it's an evergreen, not a deciduous tree. So um, the bark is a rather light color, which is a bit unusual for an evergreen tree. Um, and the berries, like the berries on mistletoe, and I'll just say a lot of evergreen uh, trees, these tiny little uh, berry, bitter-tasting berries, uh, the bitter should give it away that you shouldn't eat it because it will make you vomit. They are poisonous. <laughs> um, holly has long been part of Celtic mythology and ancient Druid beliefs. It, uh, it, it, it's very similar to mistletoe in that way. It has some roots there. They believe that holly symbolizes peace, goodwill, and good luck. And in their mythology, it's often seen as sort of paired with the oak tree. They're like 
uh, opposite sides of the same coin, I guess you would say. So like they revered oak as their sacred tree of summer and spring and holly as their sacred tree of the fall and winter. Um, two sides of the same coin like that. Um, they also believe that holly would protect them from evil spirits and bad luck, which, you know, if you think that it's good luck, of course it would protect you from bad luck. Um, the chieftains would wear a wreath of holly like it was a good luck charm of sorts. And an interesting thing about holly is that it resists lightning strikes. Some people think that that's because the points on the ends of the leaves uh, act almost like a weather vane on the on the tree, and so it kind of grounds the lightning that way, and it it doesn't it. it the the tree doesn't suffer from lightning strikes. So people would plant it near their homes to protect their homes from lightning strikes. Now, the Romans must have adopted some of these thoughts about uh, holly because they too incorporated it into their mythology and they believed that holly was the sacred plant of Saturn, which was their god of the harvest. Uh, they would give sprigs of holly as gifts during the Saturnalia festival. And this is, this is the part that's really interesting, okay? Because the Saturnalia festival happened, guess what? It happened around the time of when we now celebrate Christmas. Uh, the, the culmination of the festival was December 25th, the birth of the sun, S-U-N, is what they thought. But as Christianity spread, uh, of course, December 25th became a celebration of the son of God instead. So they just had the Catholic Church, the old uh, early church, just kind of you know, made the pagan holiday into a Christian holiday. And, you know, as you can tell, just kind of took their their celebration of the sun and made it about a different sun, uh, the son of God, the true sun. But this holly tradition, of course, remained. So it it stayed a part of the holiday. But instead of it being a symbol of Saturn, it became a symbol of Christ, and they felt that uh, holly symbolized uh, the crown of thorns that Christ wore at his crucifixion uh, because of how pointy and prickly the leaves are. And they felt that the berries symbolized Christ's blood. In addition to that... The evergreen nature of holly, uh, because it is evergreen and it's one of the few trees that is still green in the winter months, it symbolizes everlasting life uh, in the Christian church now. So it's, it's really fun to see where these things originated and uh, to see how 
how different traditions meld. Uh, there's, a, there's some other stories about holly. Some say that the holly berries were originally white and that after Christ's death and resurrection, his, his blood stained them red. So that's one story. Another story is that holly spontaneously grew up to hide the holy family from King Herod. Uh, and, you know, whether or not they're true doesn't really matter so much as that as it is important that Holly has come to be uh, an important symbol around um, Christ and around everlasting life. And it's even called Christ's thorn in some parts of Europe. Holly also has, uh, it has beautiful wood and it's, you're supposed to kind of cut the tree back or coppice it. Uh, <clears throat> and so what they do with those cut branches is that they sometimes use it to make chess pieces or tool handles. They used to use the cut pieces as whips for horses uh, because the holly seemed to have an, a controlling effect on the animals. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe it's just because they were being whipped, not because it was the holly. Um, holly, unlike mistletoe, holly is not really used today very much in herbalism. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the berries are poisonous. In old times, they were sometimes given on purpose to help purge out uh, things that needed to really be gotten rid of. So they would give it to a person on purpose to make them throw up uh, if they had a lot of uh, extra mucus or they had eaten something else that was bad, uh, they, they would give um, they would give that. They would also give it if the person had gout uh, to try to get rid of uh, what they thought was causing the gout. So it, it but it isn't really used much today. Uh, the parts that they would use were uh, the leaves. And they would use it as a diaphoretic, as a febrifuge, and as an expectorant. So it's like, um, you know, they make you sweat. It helps you with fevers, helps you to get rid of mucus. Um, and they'd use it for things like fever, rheumatism, bronchitis. Uh, one, family, one famous herbalist Nicholas Culpepper, and you'll probably hear me talk about him again sometime because he's pretty renowned among uh, some of the old herbalists and was very good at keeping a good record of herbal remedies that were in use and writing down the, uh, the uses and how effective and the formulas and all of that. Well, he said that the bark and leaves were good for broken bones and other members that needed mending. Um, 
that doesn't really drive that much with some of the other uses that I described, but, uh, but that's what he said. And he also said that the fresh juice was good for jaundice. Now, a little bit, I'm going to tell you about some of the chemicals that have been found in holly, and maybe that will help to explain how some of these uses came about. Uh, and of course, I mentioned that it was used for fevers, um, but and it, that use goes pretty far back. But nowadays, there are safer and better remedies for these same kinds of things, so we don't don't really use holly that much. Um, holly does contain some important chemicals that in other plants have been shown to have uh, activity in the body. Uh, triterpenes. Terpenes are found very often in essential oils and account for a lot of their uh, activity in antibacteria uh, activity and um, also uh, affecting emotions and things like that. Uh, flavonoids, well, we know some things about flavonoids um, in terms of anti-cancer and uh, repairing cellular damage and things like that. Uh, quercetin, well, that's a digestive enzyme. Glycosides and alkaloids um, that's, those prob those would account for the vomiting effect of this plant. And it does contain, um, caffeine and theobromine. And theobromine is one of the chemicals that's in chocolate. So, um, the, some of these chemicals might account for the activity that, uh, people saw, in it in old times and would use it sometimes for those uh, treatments in probably, I mean, in the winter months, because you know, that would probably, that would probably be the only thing around at that time if they were going to use it fresh. So, um, one thing that there is one more recent, uh, piece of research that I was able to find, uh, on Holly and that study showed that it inhibited cancer cell growth in the colon and prostate. And given the chemicals that are in there that I just mentioned, that's not surprising. We've seen some of that kind of activity in other plants that have similar uh, chemical constituents. But that's one study, uh, and you can't really base a whole lot on one small study. Um, and again, there's lots of other plants that show those kinds of activities that are far safer and um, easier to administer uh, and use. So um, mostly holly is enjoyed as an ornamental Christmas plant that has a lot of historical symbolism. And uh, that's really the biggest Thing about holly is just the folklore around it. And it's a lovely plant. The highly contrasting colors and just brings a lot of festive feel to uh, Christmas. So I hope you enjoyed listening. Don't forget 
to check out The Secret Spice on Julie Naturally or on Amazon. It's been getting a lot of really good reviews that really give you a good feel for the book and even include photos. Uh, You can hear it read on YouTube. Uh, It's YouTube slash C slash Julie Naturally. And uh, you can connect with me at Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram, successful.unschooler. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.